You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe. And 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe. And worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Weekly Business Hour. And oh, before I forget, Happy New Year. 2020 is finally in the books. Boy, so many people just say, glad that's done. And now we're starting off a brand new year. And in many cases, folks say, hey, turn the page. It's blank, and I'm going to write my new story in 2021. So welcome. We're broadcasting today, as we usually do, live from the studios of Lone Star Community Radio. It's located in downtown Conroe, Texas, one of the fastest growing cities in the country, according to the Census Bureau. So we have lots of business activity taking place around us each and every minute of every day. The weekly business hour has become the place where Montgomery County and points beyond now with the internet from around the world, where people come together and talk about business. They get some of the latest in business news. They look to improve their business and be part of a conversation that we believe, we hope, will make a real difference in your business. I want to remind everybody, as I try to do each week, that the show is available on YouTube or Facebook Live. Simply go to the Weekly Business Hour page, click on Live, and you can watch as well as listen to the program. I want to thank our two sponsors today. We have two great sponsors who have supported us through the holiday period. Uh, The first is Ellard Commercial Insurance, E-L-L-A-R-D, Ellard Commercial Insurance. They're located in the Woodlands area, servicing Montgomery County and points beyond. The bottom line for all of us is our business is a considerable investment of time, effort, and money. It deserves an insurance agency that has the same passion in protecting your business as you have for making it successful. I encourage you to reach out to Ellard Insurance Company. That's Ellard Commercial Insurance Company. They offer all types of business insurance. And you know what I personally really appreciate about them? Uh, Chris Wee is there and some other folks I know. These folks understand the kinds of insurance that you need in your business. It is not a cookie cutter thing. You need to look at your business, analyze your risk, and then buy the protection, the amount of protection, the types of coverages that protect you and your business. So please check out Ellard Commercial Insurance. And another great sponsor is somebody that, uh, boy, we've known a long time, and that's Catherine Lane. Catherine's an author. She's written some great books, uh, mysteries, thrillers, and, you know, we're in a time where everybody's kind of got cabin fever one way or another, all the depressing news. And, you know, this is a great time to grab a great book. And I encourage you to check out Catherine Lane, L-A-N-E. She's an author. Enjoy a great book. She has several on the market. She's been very successful. Mystery thrillers with lots of page-turning suspense, plot twist. This gets you up and off the couch almost. I tell you, it's very exciting to read her books. Her website is www.catherine-lane.com. That's catherine-lane.com. I would check out Catherine Lane and pull yourself out of the doldrums that I'm sure most, if not all of us, have found us in ourselves in on a day-to-day basis. 
I also want to remind you before we get started with the show that I want to receive emails. I want to receive contact from you. Please send me an email if you got a comment about the show. If you got a question for me or for one of our guests, you can send that email anytime. I'll follow up with guests. Or if you've got a particular business issue and you want someone to bounce it off of, send it to me. That's what I do for a living. I'm a mentor and advisor to small businesses. I love it. I enjoy it. I've been doing it a long time. So drop me a quick email at one, that's the number one, bestconsult at gmail.com. That's one, bestconsult at gmail.com. Okay, all the main introductory issues are now in the bag, so to speak. And we're going to start the show, and we're going to start off 2021 with a bang. We've got a serial entrepreneur with us. That's not a serial killer, but a serial entrepreneur, Jim Hollers. Uh, Jim is focused primarily on the restaurant business in his career, but he also has a deep, deep background in IT, and he is live in the studio with us to have a conversation and talk about us, talk to us about starting a business, in this case a restaurant, and maintaining that business through the pandemic that we're all experiencing. Jim, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Rick. Thank you very much for inviting me out today. Well, I hope you're up for a great conversation because restaurants, uh, you know, they've been in the news almost every day because of the struggle and pandemic, but there's a lot more to that. But before we get into that, would you kind of give our audience a little bit of background about you so they can understand who you are and where you're coming from? Uh, absolutely. I, one of the things being a restaurant owner, when you when you talk to customers, is so many ask, how did you get in this business? You know, and and there's always more to the story than just a five second answer. It's uh, it's one of those things. And to spend the time and actually be able to talk about it for a minute and to, to help people who are interested in it, because I, I find you, you sit and talk to a lot of people who, uh, who have that dream, right, of, uh, man, I'd like to own a restaurant or I'd like to cook food or maybe I love to cook food should I be in the restaurant business and uh, so many of the things and and it, it helps me to think back and say you know if I had started out saying I want to be in the restaurant business would I have made it you know or is it the uh, sum of the experiences you have before you maybe start something that uh, help you achieve that goal and actually achieve a measurable result rather than just a hobby right um, and for a lot of restaurants out there Unfortunately, the restaurant business for them is a hobby more than a profit-making enterprise because it's a passion, and they don't always connect the dots to actually making a profit. But uh, it, it was crazy. Uh, you know, I, I didn't plan my whole life to be in the restaurant business. In fact, many people along the way would probably say, you want to be in what, right? Especially after, you know, I, I literally spent 30 years in technology, and uh, you know, it's one of those things where you stumble into it as a, as a kid where, you know, I was the 15-year-old, you know, nerd sitting at school in the computer room, right, you know, without a social life and uh, eating, sleeping, and breathing, you know, every little computer book and things. But this is when, you know, PCs first came out. You know, I'd, I'd, I, I grew up in the Midwest. I, I came to Houston in 1979. But uh, in the mid-70s, I think I'd pedal my bike to the Radio Shack store to play with the TRS-80, you know, Model 1 computer, you know, and, uh, you know, and dream. And uh, in, in moving to Texas my junior year of high school, you know, my parents were like, all right, we're going to find a high school that has a computer, <laughs> you know, or a computer lab or whatever it was. And uh, we moved here and uh, 
Luckily, they picked uh, the, the Klein School District, and I went to uh, Klein Forest High School. I was the first graduating class of uh, Klein Forest in 1981. And uh, basically, when you move to a place your junior and senior year of high school, you don't have a lot of distractions. You know, had no girlfriends then, had left everything behind And when we moved from the Chicago area. But um, it, it's interesting on the impact in restaurants. I moved from the Chicago area where every corner has a little local pubby restaurant feel you went with your parents to eat good food this was before america was homogenized by uh, chain restaurants you know it's there wasn't an olive garden on every corner or even a mcdonald's really at that point um as much as the penetration as there is now and so you grew up experiencing this and i moved to houston and i remember moving here and it was a time of growth for the houston area as well but I remember with my parents, and we're like, um, where's the little pub on the corner that has the good food, <laughs> right? And it didn't really exist here, even in the 80s, the way Houston had grown. It's, uh, it didn't have that feel of the Midwest, um, where you went and saw your neighbors at the local, local restaurant. But they, they were bar restaurants, you know, almost always. And uh, it, it was an interesting feeling. It probably steered a lot of my direction later in life to, to say, where is this, you know, and, and when you put things together later in life. But uh, I got out of uh, high school. I went to uh, A&M, and by a few months into going to Texas A&M, my first freshman year, my parents called me up and said, we're out of here. We're moving back to uh, Illinois. They bought a bar in a little town, a population 500 town next to a population 5,000 town. And uh, they went back there and were in the bar business for the next uh, 10, 15 years. And uh, I would go visit them maybe once a year, sometimes twice a year. I wasn't the great kid, you know, where I'd get on the plane or go back up to the Midwest to see them. But it was an area outside of the St. Louis area and uh, in Illinois. And, uh, you know, so certainly there's those beginning little touch points of what you experience and see in life, you know, and, and running a business. But I, I ended up being on my own from an early age. I went to A&M, and uh, interesting enough, um, I was a little too technical, got involved in a little too much, and after one year, they, uh, they, we decided it was best that I didn't return for my second year. <laughs> and they made me kind of famous, declared me a computer genius, put me on the front page of the newspaper, and it kind of launched me into the technology business which I uh, squandered by being young. And uh, be, I went to work for a company that owned four nightclubs in town. And I, be, I, I, I literally was the beginning of the computer business. And how I remember I was just the computer geeky guy. I, I was hired to write them a, a computerized payroll system and liquor inventory tracking system on early CPM computers before there was an even I, IBM PCs. And uh, I sat around and did that. It wasn't long before I became a rock and roll DJ in one of their clubs, built computerized light shows, um, and got involved in everything in the early 80s called sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And uh, it was interesting, though, because they were high-volume places where they would carry out you know, briefcases of money every night. This was a cash business. It was uh, you know, very interesting and got to be friends with the ownership and uh, again, it was exposure to another faucet of, of business that I hadn't seen before. And uh, did that for three or four years and literally decided I wasn't going to get anywhere in life if I didn't change. And uh, literally had to walk away from it all. Um, and uh, I had a high school friend that introduced me to a company that had a laboratory in the 1960 area. 
And they were like, uh, hey, we, we bought this IBM PC, one of the very first ones, not even an XT, PC with some floppies. The XT came along later with a hard drive, the actual first hard drive. And uh, they're like, uh, we wanted to, you know, help us run these reports and do some things. And we've heard you're the computer genius that can come over here and do this. And so I actually, they bought me one of the first IBM PCs and gave, literally gave it to me and said, make it work. And, uh, and so I launched kind of into a technology career, it led me to opening a business on 1960 called PC Solutions. And I did uh, computer software for the next eight years helped a variety of businesses and uh, you would just get introduced from one it was all word of mouth you get introduced from one to the other whether it was a developer who built a shopping center in Tomball and some real estate developments um, you know doing Excel spreadsheets in the early macros actually it was Lotus one two three back then if nobody remembers that anymore mm-hmm. and um, the uh, but you know it would be get introduced to a machine shop and uh, hey we bought this computer and we want to you know we need it to do more you know we needed to do something basically anything in those early eighties and even today when people buy computers we bought a computer now we need it to do something um, and uh, I, I really specialized in just uh, it turned out most businesses needed accounting help more than anything else so I would build customized sales order entry inventory tracking scheduling systems various things like that and uh and you just get involved i've been in many refineries here in town selling them pcs did and it was the 80s was when you built pcs you built networks the early novell networks all of that stuff um buying parts in the early 80s by calling michael dell on the phone and his you know over in austin all of those things happened and it was one of those things where I think if I was in California, a whole different trajectory would have happened. But here in Houston, you know, it, the oil and gas business, things like that. And so I, I spent the 80s really doing customized accounting systems and uh, making way too much money for someone 21, 22, 23, lacking good mentorship, and probably spent most of that money, you know. Well, let me ask you this. something. I, I'm, I'm curious. You raised a curiosity you know, when I walk in a business, any kind of business, and in particular, I guess, businesses like restaurants, I get a sense in being a customer or someone who's there uh, of how well they use their technology uh, as well as their other business practices. And I don't know if you find that true, but, you know, in, in the restaurant business, I assume the cash register slash computer, because that's what they really are, I guess, today. Um why, I mean, these products are so readily available, they're relatively inexpensive. Why do you find business people, restaurant business people particularly, uh, are slow to adapt? Uh, because I, there's, to me, there's many advantages to doing or using that computerized cash register, so to speak. Why are they so slow to adapt? Well, it depends on the size of your business. So when I got into the restaurant business, you know, you take all that technology experience you've learned over the years, but I knew I needed a POS system, right? And of course, I knew I could write one. It's like, but sometimes you don't want to, you know, it's like, I know you can, you know, build a car, but do you want to go build a car? It might not run very good, or it might take a long time because you're going to learn how to do it as you go. But I, there's the early, the early start of, point-of-sale systems, the POS systems for businesses. If you were a mom-and-pop business, you maybe didn't want that trackability. 
um, there was a lot of advantage. If I were going to to open a, my very first restaurant and just be myself and be there running it, I'd probably have a regular old cash register, right? Because right. there's things you can do with the cash to manage your cash. Um, but the moment you're going to try to scale anything and have employees and uh, do more to, to turn it into a bigger business, you really need that automation, that, that trackability, that help to keep track of everything and to keep put the systems in place to help everybody stay honest. Yeah, you stay know. honest. My, my grandfather believed that you made potentially honest people dishonest if you didn't have the right processes or systems. You've got to help them because if it's too easy for them to, to, to make the wrong choice, sometimes they will make the wrong choice. Well, believe it or not, Jim, we're to the uh, conclusion of our first segment. We're going to take a short break, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you'll stay with us, and we're going to continue to have this conversation with Jim Allers and talking about business, and particularly the restaurant business, and the way he was able to open and develop a number of restaurant concepts here in the Montgomery County area and I guess beyond. Uh, so we'll continue with Jim's story. So please stay with us, and we'll be right back. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 936- Are you interested in learning more about preparing quick, healthy, and safe meals for your family? Would you like to spend time with others learning tips and tricks, along with practicing and tasting nutritious food? If so, the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School is for you. Call Amy Ressler at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service at 936 539-7825 to find a class near you or volunteer to host a class. In a COVID world, businesses require a solid choice in insurance protection. Even after the pandemic passes, business owners will need expert advice and coverage in order to resume operations. Ellard Commercial Insurance is the local go-to source for insurance for small to medium-sized businesses and commercial property owners. Whether a business is a sole proprietorship to a fast-growing brick-and-mortar or online entity, Ellard can provide a comprehensive analysis and extend full protection to meet each specific need. Services include general liability, workers' compensation, business owners' policy, commercial automobiles and property, cyber liability, and more. Ellard Commercial Insurance is ready to answer questions and fill insurance needs at 281-827-0990 or at chris at ellardinsurance.com. That's E-L-L-A-R-D insurance.com. Statistics show that one out of every six Texans struggles with food insecurity and hunger. And many people don't eat enough fruits and vegetables every day. The Better Living for Texans program is here to help you learn how to make healthy menu choices, save money at the grocery store, prepare quick and delicious meals, get more good nutrition in your day, and get more physical activity. Classes are fun, friendly, interactive, and free, and taught in English and Spanish. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. 
It's all business talk on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. right here on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and I'm Rick Schisler, and I'm your host. And we are having what I think is a very interesting conversation with Jim Hollers. Uh, Jim is a consummate entrepreneur uh, with a great background that supported his efforts to open restaurants and bars and develop them. And Jim, you know, we went to the break. We were talking about uh, technology. Uh, you had 30-some years in the technology business. What a great thing, uh, background, particularly at this time in history, uh, going back to the 80s and 90s, that you had to be in any business, more or less, to have that deep background in technology. But you made a choice, right, to go into the restaurant business, take that technology and all that experience and training and, and whatnot. Why the restaurant business? Well, it, it was a, it's a crazy story. So you, you basically are doing the technology all those years, and you just fast-forward helping businesses uh, automate. And I was doing a third round of uh, software development for a, that, a laboratory that had started me out in the 80s. They invited me back in the 90s. They invited me back in the 2000s. It was uh, the late 2000s, maybe 2005, 6, 7. I was back working for this laboratory in the Woodlands, helping them automate their entire laboratory at this point. And uh, the, the parents that, had, that owned this family business had basically retired out to West Texas and put me in the corner office, and the, their two sons were running the business. But they're basically, you know, hey, come in here and, and automate. And what was going to be a small automate turned into like, well, let's just keep going. And we were doing it for years. And I, so here I, here I was in my, uh, say, early uh, 40s, sitting here in the woodlands with two guys in their 30s, and we would often at lunchtime lament the fact that there wasn't any good sports bars in the woodlands. <laughs> and this is the genesis of an idea, because basically what you are in the technology and the PC business is I fix things. You know, I just fix things by writing software to solve problems for people. And uh, it, it was interesting, and we would just sit around, and I'm like, you know, I think I could, you know, open a sports bar here in the woodlands and uh basically i said you know what i'm gonna go find a find a place figure it out and uh build a sports bar because you know i've been in a lot of bars my life i've been in a lot of restaurants my life a lot of people think think these things but um basically i spent the next year or so going around looking for retail space uh this and that talking to different shopping center owners and actually uh found a shopping center that they had started building out a space for a pizza restaurant. It was on the corner of uh, 242 and 45, which is uh, right there in front of where Methodist Hospital is now built. At the time, there was no hospital. And that also happened to be the southernmost piece of dirt in the city of Conroe. They had made a deal along the way, and they actually annexed that little corner. And so I, I found a deal with an owner of the shopping center there, I had a particular budget I could afford. I drug my uh, dad and mom into the business to provide me like 30% of the money. And uh, they were kicking and screaming, what are you doing? You know, because they remember they had been in the restaurant business back in the Midwest. They'd, they'd sold it. They'd moved back here to Texas. I'd had, you know, children by then. They want to be around their grandkids, yada, yada. And uh, anyway, his, his idea was let's build a little ice house, you know. 
you know, something, you know, something of that scale. Anyway, uh, you take the technical background, and I'm like, well, I'm going to build a sports bar, and uh, you know, it's going to have a lot of TVs and good sound system, and uh, it's going to be fun. And uh, but we're going to serve food if you're a sports bar. So if you're a sports bar, you have to serve wings. Well, if you're going to put fryers in, well, then okay, I want a chicken fried steak. And uh, in the 30 years of living in Houston, by that point, and now 40 years, I'd come to love Cajun food. Um, I'm not a Cajun, and that's why I always say I'm a sports bar. I've built sports bars with a Cajun flair, but uh, it's just uh, I, I love the taste and the flavor profiles. And so I, I built a bar, you know, the wings of this and that, and then added the boudin balls and added uh, different uh, spicy Cajun dishes and uh, that uh, I like. And um, you know, I'm not a restaurateur by trade, but I, I develop a menu by taste. Not by, and I've done this uh, to this day, 12 projects in. Um, if it tastes good, I'll put it on the menu. If I don't like it, I won't put it on the menu. And people always walk in and go, what's good? And, and I go, well, everything, or I wouldn't put it on the menu. I mean, it's <laughs> just one of those things. But uh, you, you go back to technology with POS. I knew, wow. And, uh, and, and I actually started to, uh, the shopping center owner I made a deal with said I didn't have enough money to do it. And we decided I couldn't do it. And this was 2008-9. There was a little recession that happened then. Remember that little thing that happened? And people told me, you can't even open a restaurant in the middle. You know, what are you doing opening a restaurant in 2008 or 9? And I took every penny I had out of my little stock options and 401ks, advanced some credit cards. My dad and I had already been to the bank. Wood Forest Bank, I love you. I bank with you. But, you know, at the time, you walk in and you go, hey, we've got good credit. We want to borrow some money to open a sports bar. And they go, what? <laughs> um, guess what? If you're starting your first restaurant or bar, don't go to the bank to ask for any money. There is zero chance they're going to give you any. And I'm like, but we got good credit. They're like, doesn't matter. So uh, it was just that recession time, and uh, I put together enough. And the shopping center owner came back to me four or five months later said, you know what, I kind of liked you. You sound like you're going to be successful or you have an idea of, you know, what's a good head for business on your shoulders. And so he said, I'll take your money and I'll pay for the rest of the build-out because I think I can build it cheaper. He thinks he can build it cheaper. It actually got built for exactly what I projected it was going to be built for, but he paid for the tab. And uh, it was interesting in talking to him after he made the deal with me. And it was lucky, really, that I didn't get hooked up with just your typical shopping center call some broker, you know, but the actual owner who had built the center and he'd built 30 or 40 centers. But he was like, I'm like, after we signed the lease and after it was built, he was in dining with me one time. And I was like, why did you go ahead and do the lease? And he's like, well, I had another technology guy and another center do real well. And I just figured I'd roll the dice again. And he said, one successful restaurant in a shopping center it increases the value of the center for, in the resale market by a lot, a lot more than what he was investing. And so that's an interesting thing to note. If you can drive traffic to a shopping center with any kind of business, you may be more valuable than you know. And yeah, it's, it's something you learn. Point. And it is very, it's very It's something true. you learn. And uh, especially with shopping going online and so many retail shops going by the wayside and having a real hard time, um, if you can think of businesses and ideas that are going to drive traffic into a shopping center, you may be able to make a much better deal today 
in that retail space than you know, especially here coming out of a pandemic. But it's a it's an interesting point. And uh, so I, I got the first one. The first Tailgaters Pub and Grill was born. How did I come up with the name? I just I wanted sports somehow involved in the name, but I wanted fun in the Cajun angle, the Tailgators. Um, and uh, pub, tailgaterspub.com was a domain name I could actually get. You know, you have to worry, you know, that was, the, you know, the internet existed then. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of boxes you need to check when you pick yes. a name. And yes. I've found a lot of business people uh, that are starting businesses don't do that. And it sounds like you went down the whole list there. I think I, I think I harassed my friends for six months of sending them name ideas and little logo ideas by email. You know, it, it was every day or every couple of days. Um, and I had found a place on the Internet, one of those um, logo design companies, probably from India or somewhere around the world. You know, you pay them $99 and they'll keep designing your logos till you're happy. I think I got my $99 <laughs> worth because we actually... Uh, did a lot of going back and forth in designs. And it's it's always fun sometimes to go back and look at the old ideas and go, ooh, I'm so glad we didn't do that. And I'm so glad friends kept saying, keep trying, you know, until you finally come up with the right look and feel. And, uh, you know, the menu is 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 really you. That's a, You is starting a restaurant. You need to, to have that passion and control. I've seen some restaurants where they hire a chef or they have somebody else make the menu for them. And I'm kind of like, what are you getting in the restaurant business for if you can't have the, the passion to control it? And, uh, and, and so much of that success is you've got to taste your food and you've got to like your food and you've got to really believe this is what... I think, I think for me, the experience of eating in all of those bars as that teenager back in the Chicago area, you know, you went to that pub on the corner that had the good deep dish pizza. You went to that other bar on the corner that had great Italian beef sandwiches or Chicago dogs. You went to, you know, and, and, and I didn't recreate, you know, deep dish pizza or Italian beefs down here. Um, and by the way, Houston does not have, well, there's one place that has an Italian beef that's pretty good, but... It's, it's like when you go to, you want to recreate something you remember from your childhood. But really, I, there were no wings in my childhood. But, but yet, you know, well, enough you, years of eating the Cajun food. You make you know? a great point, though, is the passion for one's business. Because uh, I've worked with literally hundreds of businesses, besides being in a number of businesses myself. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how many people, they're, they're passionate maybe about an idea, when they start, but they're not really passionate about the business. All of us gravitate to what we're good at or what we think we're good at, which will be one aspect or two aspects of the business. But when you're a business owner, right, you got to wear all those hats, as they say. But you've got to have that passion every day because you're going to, if nothing else, you're going to hit some bumpy roads and you got to have that getting up and getting after it each and every day. Unfortunately, we're to the bottom of the hour, and we need to take a quick break. If you don't mind sticking around a little bit longer, I would really like you to talk about the state of the restaurant business here uh, and experiences on some of the payback protection and also a special event that's uh, upon us starting today. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a bottom-of-the-hour break. When we come back, we're going to visit with uh, Jim Further about the restaurant industry here in Montgomery County and some of the great things that are going on right now that reflect, I think, in a very positive light on them. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with you.
Not sure who to turn to when you have a problem in your business? Listen to the Weekly Business Hour on Lone Star Community Radio. Award-winning international author Catherine Lane presents the latest book in the Nikki Garcia thriller series. Revenge in Barcelona continues the adventures of a world traveler who finds herself a target in a global scheme of terror. Purchase this volume and the other two books in the Nikki Garcia series, Waking Up in Medellin and Danger in the Coyote Zone, individually or in a special box set on Amazon or at katherine-lane.com. That's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-L-A-N-E.com. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, Zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. An estimated 1 in 10 births will result in a neonatal intensive care stay, also known as the NICU. Overnight, a family can find themselves and their newborn baby in a critical situation. The Mila Foundation financially and spiritually assists families in need. If you would like to volunteer or become a monthly sponsor, please visit us at www.themilafoundation.org. Again, that's www.themilafoundation.org. Because every life matters. For business ideas and news you can use, join us on the Weekly Business Hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour. I'm Rick Schisler. I'm your host. I'm a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com. I want to remind you before I forget that a replay, a videocast, podcast of today's show will be posted on Wednesday of this week. Just simply go to our website at onebestconsult.com, come to the radio station's website at irlonestar.com, and click on the Weekly Business Hour page, as well as on our pages on Facebook, YouTube, and on and on and on. So you can find a replay of the show if you want to re-listen, or more particularly, I would encourage you to share it with your fellow business owners. Also want to note our sponsors again and thank them. Uh, Catherine Lane, author of some wonderful, thrilling mystery stories. I encourage you to check her out. Reading a book, uh, that's uh, something I picked back up doing. I used to read a lot, but during this downtime, pandemic time, where I've had a little bit of extra time on my hand, I've started reading again. And I encourage you to check out Catherine's books. Uh, simply go to www.catherine-lane.com. That's Catherine, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-Lane.com, and check out some of the wonderful books uh, that Catherine's written and published. I think you'll find them thrilling and exciting and put a little bit of zip into your life, if nothing else. And also want to thank the folks at Ellard Commercial 
insurance. These folks know commercial insurance, and it's so important because you invest a lot in your business, time, talent, and money. You take a lot of risk, and you need to look at those risks that can be insured against so you don't get shorthanded with a loss that you have to pay out of pocket. The folks at Ellard Commercial Insurance can help you evaluate your risk and help you determine how much and what kind of coverage you need for your business. So check them out at www.ellardinsurance.com. Okay, we're having a conversation here uh, with our friend Jim Hollers. And Jim, we've been talking about the restaurant business, uh, and I deeply appreciate you staying around because the conversation has been very interesting to me from an entrepreneurial point of view. Uh, The fact that you have done so well my observation in leveraging your experiences, your technology experience in particular, into building successful businesses. I'd like to talk a little bit about the state of the restaurant business in Montgomery, Harris County, surrounding counties, because we hear on the news on a regular basis how desperate some folks are because of the lockdown orders and whatnot, which is very interesting, very state-to-state. Uh, but now the resistance, I sense, is growing. Uh, but let's talk about that. But I think you want to, before we do that, talk about starting a restaurant. It was, I, was basic just, I was just going to say, the, 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 to kind of end that conversation from the last segment, a lot of times people will walk in and go, hey, I want to start a restaurant. Can you tell me how? And I'm like, sure. I said, but the problem is, is you're, you're probably going to fail. And I said, so you have to think long and hard before you decide you want to do something. And I said, I said, running running a restaurant like like probably many businesses because I've I've been involved in several is I'm gonna I'll tell you what, there's no secret at all. I'm going to write down for you the hundred things you have to do every day, and if you'll do all hundred of them, you'll be successful in the restaurant business. I said the problem is you're gonna fail when you look at my list and you're gonna go, oh, I don't want to do that one. Oh, I don't want to do that one. Oh, I don't want to do that one. And you say, oh, I'm just going to do these 50 or 60 things. And I said, that's the difference between success and being profitable and, you know, and failure. And uh, you don't want to do some of those things. And uh, that, that's it. There's no secret anymore. You know, all the, there's plenty of books. There's plenty of information out there. There's plenty of help mentoring different things that'll help you get there but you have to be willing to do all of the things that it takes to to be successful and you know from opening that first tailgaters pub and grill it wasn't six months later before i'd met another guy who wanted to partner with me to open a second one and i and i did it i built the second tailgaters pub and grill with him down on uh, the back of rayford road back where now 99 has been built it's uh, today it's called tubalos he was my uh, first operating partner where i'd taken on like an operating partner and I learned quickly that I don't really like operating partners <laughs> and uh, we got divorced and uh, it became two belows and lawyers taught me then that uh, sometimes you can't have even when you write into operating agreements and you have all the control and somebody has 20 percent sometimes it's just better to take some money and go do other things rather than fight about it right and uh so, so I learned to take the money and go build more things, and uh, I did. So I built the third Tailgaters Pub and Grill. 
Um, years later, a fourth Tailgaters Pub and Grill formed a partnership in Willis with a fifth Tailgaters Pub and Grill. Found a failing restaurant south of the woodlands uh, that I didn't live too far from. And I would drive by it, and I just hated that they were a failure. And finally walked in one day after they'd been there a year or so, and like, who owns this place, you know? And uh, found it, found it, and it turns out that, yeah, the, the, the partners of the investor were already gone, and the investor was left holding the bag, and he would love some help getting out of this situation. You know, and sometimes taking people's businesses off their hands isn't about giving them money. It's about relieving them of obligations. Right. And, uh, you know, taking over those obligations. And uh, along the way, besides the six tailgaters, uh, in one of them I bought the land and building four and have had investors along the way. Um, I I bought... uh, two bars along the way. One was called the Stadium Bar and Grill that was, a, you know, I'm basically doing a John Taffer bar rescue. You know, I bought it uh, the week before the tax man came and locked the door. And uh, the one of my bartenders at Tailgaters Pub and Grill, his parents owned the bar. And he, he, and he was working for me, not his parents. But he was like, he's like, hey, can you go down and visit with my parents and maybe help them out, you know? And so, boom, you buy a bar. And and what I learned was you just apply those same principles, you know, the same hundred things. You, 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 if you're not making enough money, if you're not making an actual profit, you got to keep changing. You can't just keep doing the same thing. So many restaurants keep doing the same thing. I'm like, guess what? If it's not working, you got to change. And I, I've said all along in, in any business I buy, and I literally sold that business a couple years later. I've never put any of my businesses for sale, but a lot of them have been sold because if somebody wants to buy something, it's for sale. Um, and uh, I bought, after I sold that stadium bar and grill, the new ownership came in, and I, I left them a manager, and I left them a staff, and I told them, don't change anything. And what did they do? Change things. <laughs> so they immediately dropped their sales almost in half, you know, by changing things because they wanted to, you know, do it their way. And right. I'm like, why did you buy a business to change things? But uh, it, it made me mad, and I went across the freeway and found another bar that was in trouble and said, anybody want to sell this bar? Because I was like, man, I need to find a new place for the staff to come work at that's not making any money anymore. Um, but, it, again, each time you, you buy, build, fix, do something, um, and I took the John Taffer seminars along the way. I've gotten involved in the com- in community. I got involved in the Texas Restaurant Association. I've even been the president of the Montgomery County Restaurant Association. We formed a new chapter for Montgomery County. It was the ch- Texas uh, had not had a new chapter of the Restaurant Association in a long time, and we actually a group of us restaurateurs got a new chapter actually joined in because we felt without the Montgomery County chapter, it was just you were part of Houston. And as you know, the Woodlands is not Houston. It's right. a whole other world up here. And we, if there's 100 restaurants up here or more, and Montgomery County is a big place, we need our own voice. And, and it's interesting, though, to try and get restaurateurs to, uh, to uh, tie in and help. But you, you go in, you build all these things. But here we are now with COVID. So the world's going good. Everybody's happy. Everybody's running their restaurants. Heck, if you're busy and successful, you don't even get involved. You, you don't even know your neighbor. You, won't, you don't do anything. Now COVID hits. Ooh, times have changed. All of a sudden now, it's, uh, it's a very big struggle to survive. Um, for, What's for, the state of the business, though, starting 2021? What's your take on that? 
Well, so the the good news for for those that took advantage of it is that that there was a PPP loan, the Paycheck Protection Loan Program, really helped restaurants. And I hope everybody out there that had a restaurant that qualified at all did apply for it because it was critical. Um, I, I own four restaurants right now: Citizens Grill on 1488, two Tailgaters Pub and Grills, one in Montgomery County, one in Harris County, and another little bar called the Thirsty Texan. And um, each one of them got a PPP loan. And uh, during those dark days of March, April, May, June, you know, they paid the rent and paid the payroll. And I, I, at the time, the PPP was set up for an eight-week deal where you had right. to spend 75% of it on payroll. So I put it together. Even though we're closed, even though we don't have enough people working, I paid out 75% to the staff. Um, I raised people's pay rates, whatever we could to keep things going um, to get full forgiveness for the program because right. you want forgiveness for it. So so I, I pushed it out. And they didn't design it real well for restaurants that are ordered shut or have 25% occupancy or 50% occupancy. But the good news is is that they've uh, just finally signed off on and you know the second round of the PPP. And as long as your sales are down at least 25%, you're going to be able to go back here early this year and get one more one more of these, which is super critical for the restaurant business. You're able to get 3.5 times uh, one month of payroll. Um, if you administer it correctly, you should get full forgiveness. And it's it's going to be so it's super important. It's it, Well, you see the light at the end of the tunnel because even, let's say everybody went out here and did the COVID thing for Christmas and Thanksgiving and now January. If, if Harris County dials back or I, I don't think... I, we're, I'm very lucky to be in Montgomery County for a lot of a lot right. of reasons, and it's we a, all a, lot, a lot of not being on the east or west coast. But um, it's this 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 second round of PPP will probably help get us the rest of the way out of this because I was worried the first PPP. I was like, what happens in the fall? I said, okay, we saved ourselves in the spring, but th there was no foresight. To, it wasn't designed. We could have administered that program and made that money last a lot longer, um, but it wasn't done that way. Right. Had a deadline. So to you it. were forced to, to spend it early, whereas a prudent businessman, you'd be like, hey, let's plan this out where we can use it to pay the rent all year. So I would say right now, um, we've probably lost 10, 15% of our restaurants closed. They're not coming back. I would say there's another 10 or 15% that are seriously behind on rent and the shopping centers have just been nice to them and not locking their doors. But I think you're going to see another round of closures, even with a coming PPP because some people have dug themselves a very deep hole and they're just still operating because they've been allowed to, yeah. to not pay the rent. And that's not uncommon with small businesses in general. Yeah. It's hard to give up yeah. uh, for a lot of small yeah. business owners. We've got about 30 seconds left, oh. and I know you've got a great event that you're connected with because we talked about it off the air. So let's talk about that event, which yeah. starts today. It starts today. Taste of uh, the Town has become Taste Around Town, and you can absolutely uh, buy a ticket for 25 bucks uh, online. You can take that ticket to over 40 restaurants here in the, the greater Woodland Spring area. And uh, get the samples just like you would have done back in the days of going to the convention center and doing Taste of Town, except it runs the whole month of January. And, uh, you know, you can, you can go to restaurants you've maybe never even been to. You stop in, get a sample. It's available for a takeout if you're needing to be safe or as well as for uh, dine-in. 
Um, if you come to Citizens Grill, for example, um, we'll send you up to the bar. We'll probably give you a sample of a craft beer if you're interested, and we'll bring you out you know, a spinach and artichoke uh, sampler and a couple other little surprise items we have. And uh, it's a great way to, to just go around and, and visit with the different restaurants and, and see what's going on or get it to go if you're in that group that can't go out uh, and dine in. And uh, tasteofthetown.org, I do believe, will get you there. Uh, the Woodlands Chamber website will also direct you there. And you know, uh, any of the member restaurants, if you walk in, they can help give you the link to uh, buy a ticket. You know, I, it's just a great idea. It, it gives you an opportunity if you feel comfortable to get out. And like you say, you're doing takeout. So if you just want to stop by and pick it up and don't feel safe going in the restaurant. Uh, but what a great way to have some fun. Uh, I think the tickets are $25, so it's not really expensive. And like you say, an opportunity to visit restaurants you maybe never even been in. Right. But now's a chance to check out the food and see if it, it well, tastes good so you can come back. Well, really, it's about helping these restaurants keep the rent paid another right. month or two. Or if they don't have the PPP, different things. So if we can drive traffic into all of our restaurants... Um, you know, I think so many Montgomery County residents did a real good job, at least at my places, back in March when it was takeout only. They did a really good job of coming in, ordering. They said, look, we came here to eat once a week. We're still coming here to eat once a week. Um, we still need some of that thought. If you, I know people are tired of the pandemic and this and that, but if you used to go out and eat once or twice a week, try to go out and, and still sponsor it. I went to a new restaurant down off Sawdust, well, old restaurant, but one I'd never been to just yesterday and went in and spent 30 bucks because they need it. Yeah. You know, they My need wife help. and a number of people we know have done the same thing, uh, and, and we just picked up food when we didn't feel comfortable personally getting out. Well, Jim, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story. It's been a wonderful journey with you. You've got a lot of a lot of good things to say. Your list of a hundred items that you've got to do each day, uh, and that's the other thing I think you got to do them all, but you got to do them consistently too. Well, you you uh, don't get to pick and choose. Yeah. So uh, appreciate you sharing those all ideas right, and right. concepts with us. And uh, just as a sidebar, my wife and I, the Citizen Girl is one of our favorite places to go. You've done a oh, great excellent. job. Tailgaters has always been. So I know you offer a great product. So. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our final break of the day. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you a little bit, my one best consult tip of the week, about is your business going to be hot or not in 2021? So please stay with us, and we'll be right back with you. business on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. 
In a COVID world, businesses require a solid choice in insurance protection. Even after the pandemic passes, business owners will need expert advice and coverage in order to resume operations. Ellard Commercial Insurance is the local go-to source for insurance for small to medium-sized businesses and commercial property owners. Whether a business is a sole proprietorship to a fast-growing brick-and-mortar or online entity, Ellard can provide a comprehensive analysis and extend full protection to meet each specific need. Services include general liability, workers' compensation, business owners' policy, commercial automobiles and property, cyber liability, and more. Ellard Commercial Insurance is ready to answer questions and fill insurance needs at 281-827-0990 or at chris at ellardinsurance.com. That's E-L-L-A-R-D insurance.com. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Rick Schistler, the Weekly Business Hour. I hope you've enjoyed today's program. A little bit off our normal course, uh, but listening to a great, great story, an entrepreneurial story with some great tips and advice about how to successfully build your own business. I love the list of 100 items, uh, which the list could be 10 items, that you have to follow all of them and you have to consistently do it each day, and that'll bring you success. I think that is applicable to any business, any industry, anywhere, is to identify what things need to be executed on each day or checked each day that can lead you to success. And it doesn't mean you can't have a great idea or an epiphany that will bring all success to you as well. But when you're operating a business, it's consistency in doing all the things you must do each day to be a successful business owner. Well, next week, we've got a great show planned. I'm going to have a surprise guest, a nationally known author, uh, an individual who has published a number of books. Uh, Take a look on our social media sites uh, to pick up the information about it. I know that he is going to bring a lot of excitement to us. Uh, and offer us a lot of advice how to be motivated to make our businesses even bigger and better. Next week, 11 a.m., Monday morning, we'll be here live. In the meantime, check out the videocast podcast that will be published on Wednesday of our show today. And I want to thank you for joining us. And remember to stay in touch with what's happening in Montgomery County right here on Lone Star Community Radio. And until next week, stay engaged and keep your focus on what counts in your business. Thanks.